0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinsick, powered by BetSperts.
1: Welcome to The Deep Dive. <clears throat> we get to round out the AFC East today, Andy. And the AFC East, um, It, yeah, we generate a little bit of buzz on the old uh, Twitter.com. People are listening. Uh, I also always love a, a little uh, uh, back and forth debate about that stuff. And, and I won't lie and say that I didn't have a little kind of not regrets, but like I wish I had couched things a little differently about the Patriots when we were talking about them because it, it's, you know, a lot of the criticism of the way they're handling the franchise is kind of weak. Um, and most of, the, uh, most of my feelings about it were just they're not giving us clear signals. They're not telling us what they think. Um, and the first team we're going to talk about today is the opposite of that. It is the Miami yeah. dolphins and they're the, and oh boy, what an off season. Oh boy. We could spend way too much time talking about this team if we're not being careful. And, uh, but this is a team that had enormous amounts of draft capital last couple of years. They got their rookie quarterback and they did put their chips on the table. And I don't think this was necessarily an endorsement from everyone involved, but it sure felt like what happened with the coaching staff, the dissolution uh, of the Flores um, and Steven Ross, uh, you know, relationship uh, or, you know, the just in general Flores finding himself on the outs, I do think could be traced back to maybe he wasn't entirely bought in on the Tua regime. And for those reasons, he is no longer the head coach of Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I actually so it. It says Dolphins 21 recap, and we're going to do that, but I don't want to spend much time on it because there's too much to talk about going forward, and recapping last year often isn't super helpful, although it is helpful to remember that they had massive losing and winning streaks. It was weird. We missed Tua for a good chunk of the season. Um, You know, we had that winning streak and did not save jobs because you probably I mean, you're probably right. And I do agree on that. I don't think Flores meshed with the uh, the ideals of the front office. I'm I'm not even going to get into the, you know, the the lawsuits and all the stuff that was said after that, because that's not going to help you understand who the Dolphins are this year and bet on them. I have opinions on that, but I don't think any of them are probably founded on fact. I just kind of know how things work between people when they start using legal, uh, you know, means—a uh, means to an end. When they start using litigation, to, although I, I do think Flores is a, a good coach, I think he'll. I hopefully this doesn't just, you know, kind of put a mark on him and stop him from, you know, it, it will. I, I mean, it sucks yeah. to say like it will for sure. That's it's not great. Like, hey. I can't remember what God now. I'm saying we're not spending much on 21, and I'm going off on a tangent. I cannot (laughs) remember what job this was, but I interviewed somebody, and they mentioned in their interview that they. Uh, like what, what were you doing for this period of time where you weren't working? Like, Oh, that was like, I had a really good workers comp claim against my old employer and I was just getting a lot of money. So I didn't need to work. <laughs> I'm like, Well, it was a pleasure meeting <laughs> that, you that, and that we is. are going to be in touch. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, Oh, I can't hire you if you said that. Like, I can't say that to you, but either, either way I do hope Flores lands on his feet. I like him as a coach, but I, uh, I'm happy where they ended up in 2022 for the most part. Um, I think the most part includes 21 players on the field. And we'll get into the one that matters. Again, this is very Patriots-esque, I think, as far as uh, describing, you know, what's going to make the uh, straw. The straw that serves the drink here is the biggest biggest issue. And I don't know. Do you have anything else to say on 21 outside of you dig a hole like that? I don't yeah. think you're going to get out of it. A lot of times, they almost did, which was amazing. They were in the mix in the last few weeks to make the playoffs and beat the Patriots twice. They had some nice wins, uh, albeit a lot of those wins ended up being against kind of bad teams, bad quarterbacks. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Little grain take, of salt. Uh,
1: I think you take. Oh, yeah, you take the entire. At least a couple grains. Big old, big old couple of huge dashes of salt um they didn't beat all the bad teams on their schedule they lost to the jaguars and the falcons um they got absolutely thumped uh by the bills and the uh uh, and the buccaneers uh early in the season so things were not going well out of the gate for this uh franchise at all and you know maybe uh maybe you know flores was a little bit on the hot seat uh as they kind of got to their Uh, middle of their season. And they were one and seven. Um, But I guess my major takeaways of the Flores, Flores era, I thought he was a good coach. I thought he achieved more with what he was given than an average coach would have. And I thought it was not a deserved firing from a, uh, a guy who could, uh, you know, ultimately succeed at the NFL level as a head coach. Um, And I thought his biggest skill was his ability to develop some of the players that they drafted because they drafted and they reached a lot in the draft the last two years. But I thought Flores did a nice job of taking guys who were really, really poor at the beginning of the season and getting really decent to solid play from them towards the end of the season. And I think a lot of the, you know, any any other team with any other quarterback that had this type of success down the stretch, you're talking, you know, they're they're a buzz team heading into the season and, you know, particularly on the back of what we're just saying, which is that they developed some of their young talent and like you are developing that talent, they should all take a meaningful step forward, presumably, although you're going to be in a new system. Um, and I think realistically it was, uh, you know, it was, it was the major question at the heart of this franchise, which is, can you, you know, build a playoff slash championship contender around Tua, uh, that cost cause. Costs, excuse me the dissolution because apparently ross and, and greer <coughs> weren't uh happy with the way that that was handled uh and or um you know i didn't you know there's been rumors that in the offseason they were looking at major switch major moves um you know with the the, the smoke around the tom brady retirement um but it was not to be and now they enter the season instead uh, having put their chips on the table and they're going to learn one way or the other whether two is a guy that can get it done he's in his third year he is on a cost-controlled contract and for those reasons it it makes perfect sense for them to take this approach because if they are right then they are competing you know then they have a seat at the table they have a chip in a chair and if they are wrong then they know they need to pivot before he gets to the question of are we you know extending this guy and in the exact same way that we kind of um have talked about other quarterbacks who were not given the tools and the you know like 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 think about justin fields like what kind of kind of headache are the bears going to have evaluating fields one way or the other unless he really succeeds with nothing in which case you know he's your guy but like if he's not How do you dis? How do you divorce it from? supporting yeah. He's full on
0: Schrodinger's quarterback. Like (laughs) he's, he's like, well, he's good or bad. He's good and bad. We don't know. But yeah, like you're you're right. The only way you can actually come to the end of the year and say Justin Fields is this definitively is if he performs so well that the Bears do good despite him not getting any help at receiver, offensive line, and even then. I think a lot of it, the the lauding will go to the coaching staff, but yeah, sure. I don't know. Heading into twenty twenty two, I think we'll we'll come back at the very end and touch again on the defense. Like the defense was good, the defense will be good. They kept their guy, and or what was it a re, a renegotiation or re signing with Ogba? Uh, uh, I don't
1: recall.
0: Yeah, either way, like, they're going to have a good pass rush. They added Melvin Ingram, like, the pass rush is going to be good. The defense is going to be fine. I don't think that's a big question mark. Like, we know what this defense is. There's not a lot to talk about on that side of the ball. Like, they should should be kind of slotted into the area they're slotted into by most of the market rankings, and it should be where they were last year, if not better the offense is the big thing. And we were going to do a little bit of back and forth. And I think everything you want to talk about on offense will be like a, it'll be like a a tree, like a chart, a flow chart off of Tua. Because, you know, uh, we're both not really bought in on Tua being the long-term, you know, answer. So I texted Drew today. I said, Hey, you're out on Tua, right? And you gave me your percentages. And I said, yeah, it's about where I'm at. But, instead of agreeing all the time we're going to i said we'll do like debate class in high school where you know you have to you have to take a position you might not like you have to defend a position and i said i will be pro to on this podcast so i want you to know i'm looking I'm looking at you guys. I'm. God, yeah. Maybe I'll convince myself after this. And truthfully, when I did some research, it's funny. I wonder how much this happens with debate classes and stuff, where you sit and research your topic that you have to defend and you actually convince yourself a little. Mm -hmm. Because there were some things that made me think. I need to at least adjust my percentages. and I think I love how you frame that, and I've started to do that a lot as well. Of all the things I've learned from you, that's one of my favorites, and it's not even really a, <laughs> just it's not a even really market. a Well yeah, it's not even really a thing that you know you use. It's more in something we do in content where you say, "Here's the outcomes, and here's my percentages for it. I think that's just a great way to explain where you're at. And I'm not going to flip and say like I'm pro to it now. But I've adjusted my percentages. Oh, for would you believe a, that I am in the 16. same
1: boat <laughs> in prepping for this <laughs> podcast? Damn I'm it, in the we same boat. I said, Hey, we, I, we I, I was too gonna much even pitch it debate. to you. Maybe we should switch hats, but I figured you already did all your prep, so we just <laughs> stay I mean, I've
0: done prep for both sides. Should we flip? Should we do an alternate ending? <laughs> no, 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 we'll no, do, two,
1: we'll no, 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 just just we'll stick to our sides in our debate. I'll start, I'll start, I'll start.
0: Let's debate to us. You, you okay. bring up to a negative and I'm going to counter it with a to a positive.
1: Okay. Uh, on film, his ball is poor. Uh, it I doesn't need more, have, more descriptiveness than that. It like, doesn't have velocity. His since, since, his, uh, since his hip injury, for whatever it's worth, his mechanics don't look as good as they looked in college. And uh, I am not sure that that's a fixable problem at this point. Um, maybe he does get stronger, and he does develop the same velocity that he had at one point in his in his arc, but it does not look there like it is there now. Um, and for that reason, the idea of him being able to complete deep passes, the idea for him to be able to take the top off the defense really at all is still a complete unproven quantity. He has not proven whatsoever that the defense needs to respect the deep ball. And when you look at the talent that they even had in the last couple of seasons, that shouldn't have been a problem for him to at least show you enough glimmer of hope that he can do that, that that's a weapon in his tool chest. And yet here we sit and it's not. Um, We talked about two years ago or a year ago, prepping for the Dolphins, that it was a really bad sign that the dolphins and the, you know, locker room kind of all wanted Fitzpatrick in there in the high leverage moments. (laughs) Like that's not good. Um, and Fitzpatrick being able to, you know, kind of magic his way to wins, uh, when Tua was unable to complete anything except for kind of high probability stuff over the middle you know, high completion percentage stuff over the middle of the field, um, you know, is, is a a red flag. And I think to really kind of reach the upper echelons of quarterback play in today's NFL. You don't need to consistently be able to take the top off the defense, but you sure as heck need the 11 to 20 yard pass down the sidelines in your arsenal. And to his current velocity, that does not appear to be in his arsenal and additions of talent in the receiving core. And just in general, uh, improvements across the offensive line aren't going to fix that
0: yeah i mean you did the whole debate in one thing (laughs) but i know i I mean to be fair that's a tough one you hit me with a hard one to begin with like fixing mechanics doesn't happen as often as it you know or it it happening is much more rare like we're going to reference josh allen for the rest of his life fixing his accuracy sure fixing a throwing motion does happen you see some guys that come out of college with a big old windup that starts at their hip and they're able to you know work some of that out of it i i really think coaching is gonna you know it does come down to the player like we said with josh allen like you need, you need a special player who's willing to work and the coaching around it i'm i'm not gonna come in and say like hey they got daryl bevel as your <clears throat> quarterbacks coach that's what's going to fix this like and again they, they kept pretty much a lot of the uh same guys around frank smith came over from the chargers he was a uh, part of their offensive scheme last year and he is now their offensive coordinator i don't know if it's going to be you know like well, it, it is going to be one of those things where he's the offensive coordinator he helps with the you know the the scheming and the game planning but it is mike mcdaniel that's your offense so I'm going to throw Frank Smith, Eric Stoudesville, and Daryl Bevel out the window. Maybe Wes Welker's a nice coach. Who knows? I think Wes Welker actually is a nice little addition to any coaching staff. He, He's a smart He got guy. his
1: bell rung a lot, a little too much in the in the pros for me to love him as a coach. But that's okay. I we'll like we'll find,
0: Welker yeah, we'll find out. More. We'll f- find out how <laughs> much CTE has truly. But uh, I I think the answer to this is, and maybe this is the un- unanswerable one, unrefutable one, is you can't get that out of it is it, it has to be coached out by McDaniel. And I th- yeah, think and- I think he knows, McDaniel knows, like, and maybe this is a case where I'm willing to concede the point right off the bat, but I, I think McDaniel is in a position where he knows, like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this a thing work. And if it's not working, I think he probably has the leeway to tell the coach or tell, you know, the GMs, tell management, like, this just isn't going to be a thing. This wasn't my guy. I tried, a, you know, we are doing everything we can and it's just never going to work out. We need to look in a different direction. And I, I think he's going to be, you know, you don't want to be two games about that, but I think he's going to be quick enough. So the, the answer is yes. Co- if, if the coaching can work on his mechanics, I don't think the deep ball is ever going to be there uh, as far as you know, working his way back from the injury, you just have one more year of the offseason to continue to rehab that. If that gets better, it gets better. And then you know, again, counterpoint would be that the offensive line is going to be better. You know, you don't have a, a cohesive unit until you get the middle of the season. But they added some nice pieces. They added a couple of pretty good pieces to the offensive line and if he can be a little better protected we're going to see better form you know you, you see a lot of like the things that the, the the ultra stars do like the things that mahomes does again we reference josh allen is like no one's going to take that that big of a step forward in one year ever yeah like the things that patrick mahomes does we're going to say like hey no one's going to be able to do that sort of stuff because no one can that's just magic you know like he does something magical like throwing that far on the run side armed off your back foot with your eyes closed like that's just not something I expect from anyone much less Tua so I'm not expecting Tua to become this prolific deep ball passer but if you watch him he's so much better when he's not scrambling like if he has time and he can plant his feet his mechanics look way better and that is the true counterpoint to the mechanics okay. like his mechanics are garbage but it's because he was under you know he's under duress he didn't have a good game plan i think that the scheming for the offense was bad it put him in bad positions if he's protected has time his mechanics aren't super bad and i think they can that's just something to build off of so if the offensive line if these pieces they brought in are a big, uh, a big help to, you know, what, what we're going to do here with uh I, I, oh, Toronto Armstead, and then Connor Williams at center. You add that sort of, I don't know, the two of the five pieces probably greatly improved at that point, you get him some protection, he doesn't have to be throwing out of, you know, out of bad positions, rolling against the grain, scrambling, running, throwing off the back foot, if he can plant and use his whole body, all the right mechanics. It's not horrible.
1: <laughs> it's I'm horrible. surprised I'm surprised you didn't go with the low hanging fruit rebuttal, which is of course he looks bad on film. He's a lefty. Um that definitely Le- impacts uh, that impacts lefties, some lefties of look, <laughs> lefties in general. Like they, I don't they don't look it doesn't look it right. looks yeah. ugly. It looks wrong <clears throat> yeah. on film. Um but no left handed golfers, uh, fine, are, left-handed all, pitchers, whatever. Yeah, those are all fair points. Mike McDaniel comes from a system that succeeded – in multiple successive years with Jimmy G as a guy who also didn't have these throws that we're talking about. Uh, and you know, if, you know, if your system is more reliant on just getting a high accuracy guy, um to deliver a football that worked for drew Brees for a lot of years (laughs) like this isn't no there's there's plenty of you know anecdotes that you could point to oh and oh by the way like this is his third year and he was coming off of a pretty pretty significant injury in year one and then just real quick to
0: expound on what you what i said about mike mcdaniel because i think that's the keystone to this whole argument is goal because you kind of brought it up what they did with jimmy g like jimmy g wasn't bombing you know, they had players that were, you know, you were using Kittle in certain ways, and you're using. Once they got Ayuk there, and all these players, they were heavily reliant on just. Uh, it's not. It wasn't truly like Alex Smith, Dink and Dunk, but it wasn't not that. It was a lot of short stuff yeah. with yards after the catch. get a player with the ball in his hands and let him do stuff because Kittle was amazing. There were some other guys, I mean, like nine different running backs over the years that were pretty good with the ball in their hands in space. Mm -hmm. And that would be the, you know, you hear that, that argument too, with like, why instantly Tyreek is, you know, garnering on Twitter, the Ferrari or whatever car it is in the, you know, the trailer park garage when he got signed to the Dolphins, which <clears throat> I get it. That's the perfect name to use there. But like Ty, go think about some of the, some of the plays where you've really seen Tyreek make things happen. It's not yeah. just him streaking 75 yards down
1: the field. Like you put him in
0: a bubble screen. He,
1: yeah. His you know, game breaking plays against the bills in the playoffs last year.
0: Yeah, the, exactly. There were some <laughs> short stuff where it's just like, Oh no, like, if he doesn't get tackled in the first three steps after he catches a short ball, yeah. he's already going 22 miles an hour, and you're going to have problems with linebackers who are trying to change direction and catch up with him. They're not going to. And at that yeah. point, you better hope the safety's 20 yards downfield so he can have some sort of angle. Even then, you might be screwed. So, yeah, I, I really, you know, I, I feel like the round hole square peg thing is just—it's so simple, but so many NFL offenses, defenses, coaches get it wrong where it's like hey we we have to fix this he has to throw it deep. It's yeah. just like he might never be good at that.
1: Like yeah, why, no doubt. Why
0: would why would you waste a down on that if it's like hey he he's really shitty at throwing it deep. Let's not throw yeah. it deep then. You know, it's it, teams uh... might not teams might know we're not going to do that much and yeah. that's fine because those downs are wasted downs or potential turnovers. And I'm fine yeah. with a little less predictability in exchange for that.
1: So what we're, basically what we're saying is, you have to reset your archetype that you're evaluating to a under. You're not a. He's never going to be Josh Herbert. He's never going to be Josh Allen. I mean, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, or like Josh it's Herbert. Like, that's
0: like a. He'll never
1: be any of those guys. Um, he doesn't have the deep ball. He doesn't have the the you know the sideline pass. And but maybe that's fine. Um, and in, What was actually like, kind of eye-opening and felt super fucking perfect when I kind of got to this point, looking at comparisons of the quarterback stats that I used to basically just come up with, like, you know, the stats bomb type of this is the guy, this is what this guy is. The, The Tua arc so far in his career, it is almost, it's like painfully close to another existing starting quarterback in the NFL. Do you want to guess who that is? Like, amazingly close. Uh, to,
0: to Even with the, like, coming off the injury into the league kind of no, thing? No, no, no,
1: no. Okay. Uh, no, but just number of games started as a rookie, blah, 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 uh,
0: I'm coming
1: up blank here. It is Jared Goff. He is a exactly in the Goff archetype in terms this of... Is, that sounds good for... Depth of, tar- to his depth bank of target. It, oh, of course it is. Yeah, the yeah. depth of target, completion percentage, completion percentage over experience. you know you pick the kind of metric you want to kind of kind of put your quarterback in a given archetype or basket. And it, Goff and and, uh, and Tua are sitting right there next to each other. So you put and, Goff
0: with a court <laughs> with a coach who can't get the most out of an offense because the game has passed him by, and it doesn't work. And I don't. I certainly do not want to throw. You know, our guy got, I've already forgot his name now because he got fired.
1: Anthony Lynn?
0: No, 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 not Anthony Lynn. Our guy down in Miami that we're just talking about.
1: Oh, Brian Brian Flores. Brian,
0: Brian Flores. I don't want to throw him in with Jeff Fisher. Like Jeff Fisher. And Jeff Fisher. There was a time where Jeff Fisher was a good coach, but like you saw the difference between what happened with Jeff Fisher and what, again, I don't think Jared Goff is ever going to peak past where he's been, but someone like McVeigh was able to get a lot more out of him. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the crux of the pro Tua. The, yeah. the whole argument is the pro Tua thing is, all right, I'm Mike McDaniel. I'm smart. I have these yeah. glasses. That means I'm smart. You can tell just by looking at me. And I know what we have in Tua. And now we have Tyreek. We yeah. still have Waddle. We had Cedric Wilson. We have Gesicki, who is... Again, you, you talk about what they did with Kittle, and maybe the ceiling for a guy like Isicki is kind of high. If this is if that's the kind of offense they decide to run, and sure. then you throw in, I mean, got they have like nine running backs on on the roster now, which is maybe also a good sign for these the teams who are able to build the right kind of roster. They're fine with just never signing an expensive oh, running surely. back, but like surely. yeah. Like, like, hey, here's an expensive running back for thirty dollars. Like, yeah, or I could get the six pack of running backs for eleven. Like, but those are bad running backs. Yeah, but I have six of them. One of them is going to be better than we think. And I, yeah. I don't want to discount Mostert and Edmonds. Like, those were decent signings, but they have a shitload of running backs. And I, I like that kind of roster building. So I think okay, they have, So here's I think they have the this, offensive skill positions around him too try to do something like the 49ers did last year and 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 truthfully like if we get to the point if they if they do that if they do exactly what i say they put put in that position and he still can't make it happen then it's done then we're blowing it up like all right buddy you're just not you you're done you're not in the nfl anymore
1: yeah so two problems with the golf comp um number one uh you brought it up which was he's no he succeeded to the degree that he got paid and then that really kind of put stress and strain on the Rams franchise until they eventually had to cut ties uh, I don't know that lightning strikes twice to that department um and then the other problem with the comp is uh you know if you're if you're thinking like oh well you know you were so high on Goff and the Lions a couple you know <laughs> week ago how can you be cool on Tua and the Dolphins now well the market expects the Dolphins to be competitive in a very competitive conference. The market expects the Lions to suck in a really weak conference. And so relative to the market expectation it is easy to be bullish on a high completion low low air yard quarterback like Goff and have questions about a high completion percentage a low air yard quarterback like Tua. What
0: and, what would you yeah. do? What would you do with your percentages right now? If I told you that Mike McDaniel and the uh, what if Mike McDaniel has been doing nothing but showing Tua uh, highlights of golf for like two weeks <laughs> for like two months now like you would I would I would raise my percentage be like this is I what think I would too good.
1: because this like, is and and I don't have much more to say about Tua other than like I kind of think now that you're gonna get winning football out of this team this year probably unless McDaniel's is way out of his league. Right. Like if McDaniels and you said it, I think the same way or different, you know, the same thing in a different way, which is like it kind of all depends on him this year. He needs to be able to implement the system and do it well and kind of bring these guys together. Um, And, you know, that's not a guarantee. Um, Let's move on to the rest of the offense. And you've you've highlighted the additions that they made in the off. They've added everyone. They added everyone they could add. Um, you got the most elite tackle in the free agency in Armstead. Um, you got the most elite wide receiver uh, that was on, you know, that was available apparently, in Tyreek Hill. Um, and I got to take a little, little sidebar here to talk about Hill. Um, it is virtually impossible to dissect the Kansas City offense success and apportion the credit appropriately between what Reed was bringing. What mahomes unique skill set brought and what tyreek hill and what travis kelsey brought to the table because they all were so far above average above replacement above league average. they were all so far above average that you're when they were asking, all like, together get the, it was like get the what beatles. share yeah. of the
0: six of yeah yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Right. what share of the credit is what you're saying right it's how come the count.
1: beatles were the most successful rock band was it because well, sure or or yeah, but, yeah well you can, travis kelsey can be ringo um, but, you know, in, oh, general, in general, in general, general, you think Andy? Devernay,
0: Devernay LaFont or whatever. He's
1: Tardiff. <laughs> Tardif. Um, Tardif. The, uh, the the general kind of credit you want to give Hill is very tough to apportion correctly. I don't mm-hmm. have the right answer, but I can tell you that among all skill position players, he ranks in the 99.9th percentile for me. I don't know. That I'm taking anyone over him.
0: I At don't want this. Yeah, if I, I have first choice of skill wrong. position
1: players on a redraft, I don't. I, I'm thinking long and hard before I'm taking anyone over Hill because of his unique set of skills.
0: Do, you, do you, does your mind ever wander when you're doing research for the season and you start thinking? Because I was thinking about the exact same thing that you just mentioned, but in a completely different way. Because I do like Kiseki, and I love him. If this is where the offense is heading, and I thought hard about that, I'm like, what if Travis Kelsey starts to have like a bad season, and we get to like week four, and Gasecki has like six touchdowns, <laughs> <laughs> like he's averaging, like, he's averaging like eight targets for for seven catches and 115. And it's like I, I just had to oh, think about it that's like, new, you know, that's is the new Kelsey? You know, I, and again, I don't even have the connection to be like, what is the causation that would make a wide receiver uh, make a tight end that much more successful? I don't believe Travis Kelsey is like fully reliant on Reek. I just, I just thought about that for a little bit, and I mean, uh, there is a modicum of truth, and I do think having better tight or better wide receivers and really, I mean, Waddle and Waddle and Tyreek is a very nice one-two combo. If you have the quarterback in the system use it right and i think it's he there's no chance he doesn't benefit from that i think he will have a very nice year so I'm very excited for him and then yeah. again the all the all the running backs like for fantasy purposes the running back room is a mess but uh yeah like uh Mostert and uh i keep saying i keep wanting to say connor's i just i know that's not right not right edmunds i keep saying connor's for some reason, Connor, no, Williams, Connor Williams is your, that's so your Chase starter. Edmonds. Yeah. Chase, Chase, Edmonds, Edmonds. Chase yeah. Edmonds. I think, I Perfect think that's fine. a nice fit too. I liked him in, in Arizona. I think he has some wear on the tires. So
1: I don't I, like Sony Michelle say, though. You should probably cut him.
0: No, no, that, that's fine. Like he can go catch you on, on a with some team that guy. doesn't know better.
1: Okay. okay. No. Okay. Let's kind of put the bow on the Hill though. Like physical tools fit in a McDaniel style offense checks every box as far as game breaking everything. Um, And, you know, kind of like the can't miss talent that it's going to be tough to screw it up, I think, which ultimately raises the Dolphins offensive floor significantly than if you did not have him. Right? Um, Takes takes uh, attention, you know, grab pulls gravity away from Waddle makes Waddle a better player, a better contributor. Um, and ultimately like this offense should be decently above league average even if Tua does takes zero step forward and is literally golf 2.0 this should look like a good offense disagree or agree
0: no like again i would take golf 2.0 if, if i'm a dolphins fan like oh, if you yeah. can give if you can give me again, getting a full season of healthy Tua and him playing to the level of golf 2.0 with the skill position players around him, because it'll be like, you know, the first time that Tua has a 300-yard game, if that all comes to fruition, like, I'd love to see what his actual air yards are. Because you yeah. feel like if, if, if they yeah. do the offense, right, it's going to be like, oh, he got to he had like a 300-yard game. But like, yeah, but I mean, Tyreek yeah. had like a 75-yard mm-hmm. bubble screen that
1: went to Dude, the house. Like, at, go look at Tua's game logs from last year. That's a lot of that. It's a know, lot of that. that like that's what I'm
0: saying. Like in the past, yeah, that crazy. has worked with him. Just yeah, at a, for sure. They just didn't do enough of it. And also they didn't have Tyreek Hill, which I mean, if, if you wanted to throw a bubble screen or a little jet screen to anybody, I, again, he's pretty high on my list of guys I'd like to have with the ball in his hands, a uh, running start yeah. and a few blockers. Like uh, oh, yeah. it's going to be funny to see his actual air yards because I think if they do it right, his air yards will be low and his efficiencies yeah. will be high.
1: So now here's the other side of the coin with Tyreek Hill. I don't know that you, I mean, he, he was, I, I look, I give him, um, or I put some of the, uh, reason that the chiefs offense was sluggish in the first half of the year on the shoulders of the fact that hill had limited mobility with the hamstring like that was an injury quite very quietly uh you know close to the vest kept injury with the chiefs last year hill was not 100 couldn't break the game in the same way at the beginning of the year as he could at the end of the year and that in fact that affected the whole offense um injury is still a concern because of what his physical tools are in general um you know just in general getting along with the rest of the system if it's a rough start because McDaniels isn't quite ready for this yet uh or because the you know the offensive line doesn't really have cohesion and you know two is under duress and he's doing more dump offs and Tyree kills you know like what do you what does your gut say is Hill a potential problem in the locker room if he is running wide open, fifteen yards down the field or further, signif- on in a losing effort, multiple times in a game, like does this turn into an OBJ type of situation?
0: I I don't I don't I can't speak to his character that much. I don't know. Like he got paid, and I think he's in a good offense again. I don't think it turns year one. I think that's more of a next year conversation. Like if it doesn't happen this year, it's like, all right, well, we brought a lot of new pieces in and, you know, we had some good moments next year though, boy, we keep the score together. We're going to turn it. And then if it doesn't work and he's, you know, running 30 yards down the field, the offensive line's playing great. And two is taking a sack anyway, when he turns around, and maybe you're going to hear some belly aching from a guy like that. So I don't think so this year it would have to be very bad. And at that point, things are going bad enough or does it really matter that Tyreek is like the, the ship sinking and Tyreek's drilling an extra hole in it like at that
1: point <laughs> yeah good point doesn't,
0: doesn't doesn't matter to me you know if it's going that poorly that he's malcontent
1: Shit's I guess it just it if the first four weeks of the season end up being extended preseason from the Dolphins and Tyreek is unhappy does that does that inhibit a, a turnaround Is kind of where I'm at do you know what I'm saying
0: hopefully we have enough. And again, you want to just heap praise on Mike McDaniel and expect him to be the, the prince that was promised. Like, that's what I'm saying is he's also a guy who's never had to manage personalities as the head cheese. Like there's some guys who are like, Oh, he's, he could be the smartest guy we've ever found for running, running and scheming offenses, but there's still some guys that struggle to manage a locker room. If he well, doesn't get yeah. buy-in, if he doesn't get buy-in and stuff, then yeah, yeah it could be a problem. So, again, the, the these last, are last all, the, all speculative yeah. stuff that we, all just, speculative. that we don't know the answer to.
1: The last guy to be way too young for the job was McVeigh, <laughs> and so yeah. although and McDaniel's McDaniels, McDaniel's substantially quirkier <laughs> than uh, than. McVay also, was. you're gonna get you get we're gonna get comments. You can't put an S in his name. I didn't say McDaniel's mcdaniel 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 is I would, i'm McDaniel
0: gonna i'm gonna rewind this you've said
1: McDaniel, it like mcdaniel is one was a one was a possessive which is significantly okay. significantly quirkier which is quirky uh, which cuts both ways but miami is a quirky town so Maybe it's it all is good. a quirky town. Um, um like,
0: any yeah. anything on the defense before we move on to the schedule? Like this is maybe, a this is a this, is a this is a firm sure.
1: this is a firmly not bottom half, but low upside defense in my my ratings. This is one That's of the tighter bands. Fair. like they finish between eight and fifteen in ninety percent of realizations. <laughs>
0: If you get really top-notch play from Byron Jones and Savian Howard, then they top out. And, they're, again, their ceiling is 8 to 10. Like, that's, yeah, they're,
1: that's really maxing out. out.
0: Like, yeah. eight, 8 is like you're getting elite corner play. Like, it's the best that those two guys can do. And the pass rush is going to be good. I don't really I can't really speak to what I think of the, the linebacking crew. It's good. I'm a big Van Ginkle guy. You know that. I always have Yeah, been,
1: Van Ginkle gonna get J- a J- Jalen role Jalen
0: Phil- Jalen Phillips in the, the year under his belt and then a good pass rush in front of him. And I th- they run a three four, I think. So I'm gonna have to double check. I'd...
1: you know what's you know what's a positive for the defense and one of the reasons I'm fine having a tight band on them? Josh Boyer, year three. He survived the uh, the Exodus. Yeah, they
0: did keep they did keep several. Like I said, uh, Stoudisville, the who ended up being you know an assistant head coach. That's maybe the other thing too to just touch back on you know becoming the leader of men right away because you've never been the head coach. Maybe that was a good move taking a couple guys in Eric Stoudisville and Embry came over from the Niners. Stoudisville was in Miami. So you bring one of your guys from 49ers, you have a guy who was here last year in the building already, and you make them both assistant associate head coaches, having like a three headed attack for managing the team, probably a smart idea. And then, like you said, that Josh Boyer, the continuity of the defense, I think he's been uh, a couple of years now, three, is that what Third you said? Year. Third yeah. year.
1: Third year.
0: You know where he got his um, first defensive coordinator job?
1: yeah he was i had low expectations for him honestly uh, no but do the, you know where
0: his went. first defensive coordinator job was uh
1: yes i do this is funny because patriots fan patriots media boston sports talk used to just utterly tear him apart when he was the cornerbacks coach and the secondary sucked for the patriots he was the south dakota school of mines the hard rockers the hard rockers that's right he came if, from- if anyone
0: remembers that that tweet there was like a viral tweet where their stadium is just had like an area where people would like drive their trucks up next to it because it's south dakota and Lock,
1: there yeah. was one year where the patriots were expected to compete for a super bowl i was listening to a lot of boston sports talk for some reason i don't even remember why and uh they used to pick on boyer for being the school of minds and they would pick on, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore, but he was a guard and he was like a converted tuba player. He didn't even play college football. He played in the marching band <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did they give him a hard time? <laughs> I don't think he ended up making the roster by the end of the season. Um, but uh, the, oh, nice tuba the tuba player and the school of minds guy, those were the funny. Uh, those were uh, those were the, the um, punching bags. Anyway, let's look at the schedule. All
0: right. T- tight band, bring in the schedule. I like that you chose orange and teal for the, uh, I mean, it's on everyone's schedule, but it just, it's very appropriate for this one.
1: Ooh, boy, is it ever.
0: But boy, the travel yeah, another, disadvantage spots. Another
1: you know, lopsided season for the Miami is, Dolphins.
0: What what, is going oh, on a little here. back and forth throughout it. And then a hey, big, just like, I believe it was Minnesota that had one of these two where they had and that's I think where it was like a big disadvantage right before the buy. That's mm-hmm. something I've seen a lot of this year in the schedules is a big rest disadvantage right before you take your buy, which sucks but hopefully at that point and you know what the worst part about that is is look at what week it is. It's week 10, which means um, that's probably I'm trying to think when Cleveland's buy is. do
1: you know if Cleveland is an early or late buy? Uh, I believe they are middle of the pack, but I don't recall.
0: I'm not, I can't speak to it. So that would be either Deshaun Watson's first or second game back. It would be even worse if it was his second, if he were able to get one extra game to get his feet under him. But like having a big rest disadvantage for, and then playing Cleveland after the eighth game, which is again, we're presupposing it's eight. That's kind of the, the general consensus around the rumor bills, right? Rumor mills, right now. I don't. Cleveland's think coming be...
1: off of bye.
0: Oh, that's why it's such a rest disadvantage. Yeah, that's so why it's a rest. You've advantage. had two, so you'll have two weeks to get Deshaun Watson fully integrated and practicing in this <laughs> offense, and then you face a team off the bye. After you've, again, it's not going to be a good team, but it's still no fun to go up to Soldier Field and play. Like, that's a tough environment to play, even when they're shitty. And you've just played Detroit, which, again, might be a – even if they're not good and don't win a bunch of games, they're going to be pesky, and they're not going to roll over for teams. Uh, Minnesota has a chance to be a pretty good offense. It's a fun matchup, honestly. Minnesota's at a disadvantage there. If you go back and look at the Minnesota schedule, that's a bad spot for the Vikes. Pittsburgh, I don't know what to think of them. I have a long time to get my Pittsburgh takes in line. I'm not even going to say anything now, but um, very, like you said, very unbalanced with uh, a pretty tough start. What if New England is okay, or at least they're good to start the season? Then you've got basically three teams that are very much vying for not only division titles, but, Those are probably three of your four best AFC teams right there. Yeah.
1: Nah, three of your five. I'd put Kansas City and... KC and Chargers right now. Chargers right there. So yeah. yeah. I'd put Chargers
0: fifth out of five in those. I'm still three out of four there. But yeah, it's it's probably probably the first, third, and fourth best AFC teams. Two of them on the road. Mm-hmm in nasty afc north environments again it'll be warm at least at least you get those afc north games out of the way early the ones that are away but again late in the season you go play at buffalo in december that's not fun for a miami team you play new england in december at new england this is not a great schedule no it's not again i think if you looked at it from a generalized like you know how does it rank among schedules i think it's probably league average
1: no, it's not.
0: Some of the really, I that's right. No, no, I don't have it that tough.
1: No, no, no. I have, I have uh, it like
0: I have it like fourteenth toughest, I think.
1: Just in terms of strength of opponent. Yeah. Okay. That's what uh, I'm saying.
0: If you if you looked right. at yeah. it from like Gwyn's losses, of strength of opponent, it's right in the middle.
1: Yeah. But if I if, situ- yeah.
0: situationally and the way it sequences, it's tough. It's tough. It yeah. is very tough, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, the uh, couple of thoughts that you bring up a correct point, which is you are thrown right into the fire with the Baltimore Buffalo Cincy stretch right into the fire. Um, the middle part where you're favored favorite in a lot of games, some of those are sneaky tough. Back-to-back travel to Detroit, Chicago is not easy for Miami. Those are long trips. Um, but the back-to-back-to-back travel in december is eye-opening holy hell now that's a
0: bad as it gets
1: that's as bad as it gets but let me kind of caution some jumping to conclusions we need a map Uh, for that (laughs) we're gonna jump to conclusions at san francisco at chargers back-to-back weekends two week two in a row on the west coast And from the Shanahan tree where Shanahan liked to request that uh, you know that road trip requested road trip for Shanahan that he has every year right possible that Miami has asked for this and asked to group the San Francisco Chargers trips back to back. I doubt they asked to then go to Buffalo (laughs) but I think that the first two there at San Francisco at Chargers it's possible that that was requested in which case they have some plan of we're going to stay in Santa Clara or whatever after we play the Niners practice for a week and be ready for that Chargers game which would make that Miami Chargers game just absolutely electric very excited for that one just great matchups of potential skill position players and then, and offenses. Somebody
0: somebody quick to ask what's the total for the Minnesota game. It was 2.75, but um, the loons are already up three nil on Everton. So that, that over is halfway home already.
1: Was that the question?
0: I I doubt they were talking about that. I just noticed that somebody tagged Um, me or doc tagged me because all these uh, EPL teams and Bayern Munich are coming over to play like American teams MLS teams just kick the shit out of them except somehow Minnesota's up 3 nil in the first half. Maybe Everton didn't bring all their players. That's pretty funny. But uh that minute what what is that total? Do you have the totals in front what's, of
1: you? What's what's that? the date on it?
0: It looks like it 10-16 10-16 Miami Minnesota
1: I got a look ahead total of 47 too low well, Way what could be
0: what could be a very good offense in Minnesota and a very effective offense in Miami against probably the biggest question mark for Miami will be the secondary, even though I like Howard. And the biggest question mark
1: for Minnesota for sure is the secondary. Oh, yeah. So that is low. Let's bet that. I like that one. That's a good circle. And in general, I think Miami will be an interesting over team when they're going up against a team with outstanding skill position players because like um as much as i like byron jones and Xavier howard like they are kind of like uh what's the right word like if you're bad they're gonna smother you and if you're good they're gonna struggle a little bit front runners front runners sure i mean for
0: the most part so
1: for the most part um (laughs) but, the, well, the, the, no, but like you know like the the, they, they're like they're like the line of are you good if you can beat me you're good if you can't then you're not and oh bellwether so, uh, yeah there you go bellwether yeah 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 you know who i like like a casper rude in the atp tour <laughs> yeah
0: there's, he's there's,
1: not he's not beating anyone ranked above him but if you're no, ranked there are him, you're com-
0: i have to ask yeah. noopsis tomorrow on broadbank there's a woman's tennis player who's like this
1: elise like- merton's
0: If you beat her, you're, you're, I don't think it's Mertens. I think it's
1: Mertens Mertens. used to be the one. Mertens Um, used to be the one. Let's
0: let's look at the schedule before we, uh,
1: the odds before we get off on a flip to some odds.
0: Hamburg (laughs) ATP Hamburg. Yeah, (laughs) sign collectible says Mertens. I I think it's maybe that one's right. All right, so Um, over under is eight and a half, 40 to one. Fair, but. Boy, if I after I all the nice things I said about Miami, if you made me bet a regular season win total, you said here's hundred dollars for free. You can either bet it on this win total or give it back. I would bet the under plus money. Really, mm. not a strong take, but there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where the offense just doesn't work well enough to navigate a very tough schedule in a coach's first year. I'm not saying yeah. this is a bet. Yeah. I probably yeah. I won't I won't make a bet on the uh, on any of this to make the playoffs. That number's just not big enough for me with the tough start. That's a if that's a market that's up throughout the season. Maybe that's kind of plan of attack. Andy is, um, you know, if it, if it does go bad right off the bat, I think things could level out. But again, you have that rough ass stretch late in the season too. So. You know, you, you can take and get some value maybe in week four or five on to make the playoffs, but that value might evaporate in December when you get to that rough stretch at the end. So I'm not sure there is a plan of attack on Miami as far as betting. I guess if the offense is cooking and Howard does struggle with top-end receivers, and again, looking back at that schedule, you got Diggs a couple times, you got Justin Jefferson – You've got Daryl Mooney. I'm just uh, giving throwing the bones bone to the Bears, I guess. But there's some there's some high end receivers that might cook their asses, oh, yeah. and huh. So they might be an over team. Like if this offense is efficient, it's keeping drives going, and it's you know just bringing up their average points per drive. Even if it's a bunch of field goals, if it's just efficient efficiently getting drives to the finish. You know, they there could be a buy on team if they start slow, they could be a buy on team against the spread if you're seeing good mm-hmm. things, but they just played tough. I think it's it's gonna be a week by week thing with this team for sure.
1: Okay, so I am cautiously optimistic about this overall working. And again, a ton of it as we've kind of circled on now relies less on can Tua make the leap? Can Tua improve? I think you are getting a baseline, you know, a performance out of Tua, considering that you've upgraded all of his protection as weapons, and he is a high completion, low yak, you know, low low air yard guy. Like he's kind of a known quantity. McDaniel is the wild card here, and if he brings like a Sean McVay surprise kind of uh, mindset. To this organization and catches people by surprise because they just don't know how to game plan for them early on and they catch a couple of wins in that early part of their schedule which is really challenging then you're going to be adding your you know you're going to be heading into that Cleveland game where they're coming off there by you might be like seven and two I mean this is not that's not crazy and you go through a really tough stretch late but you have the potential for kind of bringing your team together even more with that requested road trip so i think this is a playoff team and i don't know the right time to bet on that because it feels like a flat-out gamble to do it before the season
0: yeah i think i'm willing to i'm willing to throw caution to the wind a little which is not what you should be doing with betting and say i don't care how hard that late stretch of games is this team is getting it even more than I thought they could. Like if, if I see something early from this offense where it's like, this is fucking cohesive, mm-hmm. I'll bet this team to make the playoffs. Maybe there's an obscene number for them to win the AFC. Like, you know, if you, if you get some triple digit numbers, where it's like they struggled, but the offense gets it, they're going to beat all the teams they're expected to beat. And they're going to be a seven seed. I'm fine taking I'm taking some flyers and some stuff like that. Okay, Although... The AFC is tough and it didn't get any easier by bringing Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan over to the, you know, from the NFC to the AFC. So it's, it's a tough one to bet.
1: The, the, um, the chain. Yeah, it is the AFC, man. My God. Uh, you have, we haven't even really talked about this, looked at it at a macro level, but yeah, you, you lose Drew Locke and, um, uh, you lose drew lock you lose uh carson wentz and you gain a healthy lamar jackson <laughs> uh matt ryan and russell wilson into your conference like boy oh boy it was already an imbalanced situation between the north and the, you know, uh, the uh, afc and the nfc um yeah absolutely crazy um I, so the power, num- you know, the the market is telling us this is a league average team. I agree with that on defense, although, again, there's room to the upside. I disagree with that on offense. Right now, their offense is 18th ranked in the NFL based on the look headlines. If you decompose the spreads and totals, 18th sounds low. You brought it up before the podcast. Um, I there's think a lot of better. room for
0: that to go higher.
1: A lot of room for that to go higher. Yeah. yeah I mean they're they, all on
0: they, the defense. Big band on of the yeah. offense and we'll see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So wait and
0: see. So. All right, let's do I'm one more. Already, I'm
1: already struggling with what to do with that uh week two game where they go to Baltimore.
0: You don't have to, to bet th- it.
1: I know I don't have to bet it, but that there's <laughs> that's you what know, I'm there, gonna do. If uh like there's a um what do you call it? Uh Baltimore's typically comes out week one and just absolutely fillets their opponent, they get the Jets. Um, potential that there's a close and or a loss against the Patriots as a favorite. You might it's set it's set up pretty well for a by like an immediate by low on this team, week two. Yeah, the there's Ravens.
0: there's gonna be by low there will be a by-low spot before week five on this team. It's just do you have the stomach to handle the late season schedule? And <sighs> there, I have to see enough to make me want to overcome that. Music